WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Good morning out there. Good morning and welcome to the Weekend Gardener. Hi, I'm Gerald Adams here with Rufus and Ann, and Mike is wandering somewhere around in the hallway. So we think he'll be with us here shortly. Yeah, he's like Moses of old, wandering in the desert for 40 years. That sounds like a good idea. And it shows just how important he is. The show can't hardly go on without him. <laughs> Engineers aside. I know. Well, Gerald and I were talking about the new captain's wafers of our North Carolina company, Lance. And they've got one here called Peanut Butter and Honey, which is pretty good. Then you mentioned one that has the lemon filling. Are you all yeah. still talking about nabs? <laughs> yeah, we're still talking about nabs. We're on the air talking about nabs. <laughs> Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. I'm Mike Crayley, along with Ann Clapp. Morning, Ann. How are you? I'm here. You know, we're just, uh, you know, I-, I walked out of the room and came back, and they were still talking about nabs. <laughs> One of our favorite topics, Mike, on and off the air. I, I guess so. I don't know. But at any rate. Uh, good morning, welcome, brother Rufus. You doing okay? I certainly am. This is like a mountain, a mountain morning to me. At least I don't have to milk the cows anymore. Okay. Well, that's true. You do not have to have to worry about that. So, uh, and Gerald Adams, Gerald was one of the participants in the NAB discussion. Because I have been eating on my entire life. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783, and uh, it's, it's a little, what did you say, airish? Yes. I remember Johnny Hood saying that. So uh, he, uh, <laughs> he had all kinds of colloquialisms and, uh, and uh, interesting, interesting topics to discuss. So well, I had a, a, last night I was in an event down in Goldsboro, Mike. And had two or three people mention that they hear the weekend gardener in Goldsboro, and it was it was fine to hear them talk about it. And, and uh, there was some announcer there that helped do the thing that said he had worked at one time for the uh, for Don Curtis Curtis Enterprises, and I can't remember his name, but he said I love Mike Rayleigh. 
Oh my gosh! Well, I don't know. Uh, they're the manager at the the Curtis owned Goldsboro Station WGBR. Uh, the um, is uh, Bryce Wilson. Mm-hmm. It may have been Bryce, uh, but I don't know. At any rate, uh, there's some good people in uh, in Goldsboro, and uh, you've known a lot of them. Wilbur Shirley, of course, and uh, oh, last night was a bonanza for me. I'd been. Mickey's pastry. Talking about not having a decent barbecue sauce. Well, Wilbur's uh, barbecue catered the outfit last night where I attended. And I asked the, one of the guys serving, I said, I would love to get me a jar of Wilbur sauce. He says, well, when, when they leave here, they will be on the table 10, 15 that people won't take. Take all you want. Oh, my gosh. Look, I loaded up on about five of them. <laughs> I, I look like a burglar walking That's out there. Uh, <laughs> you it know, it's good. I, yeah, that is classic, classic Downey oh, sauce. I've I, I bought all kinds, and I don't want to downgrade anybody's barbecue sauce, but there's nothing like Wilbur's yeah. barbecue sauce. Yeah, everybody has vinegar a taste. And pepper. Yeah. And I, that's what I grew up on with Parker's and Bob Melton's and so forth. And, uh, yeah, just a little bottle sitting on the table with, with, uh, stuff <laughs> cascading around inside, uh, mainly pepper, all yeah, kinds right. of spices and things and vinegar. You know, you got to have some vinegar. Well, this event is good night, for everything. This event last night was something put on by a nice gentleman named George Whitfield of Goldsboro. And for 37 years, he's had a, a, a meeting where he honors high school coaches of all kinds, oh, primarily baseball, but football and everything else. And yeah. ordered about, honored about 20 people, and I don't know how I got in on that. I guess it's because I've had a – Because you're in the bo- uh, wrestling call, all of, <laughs> boxing <laughs> Hall of Fame. Boxing Hall of Fame. And <laughs> I wrestled one time. Yeah. But, but there were two <laughs> – <laughs> uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winners there in the room that night, and I and Ooh. I had never sh- shaken hands with one of them. Never met I, one. I, they're, I told, they're rare. I told the well, the, it was amazing. He said there were only thirty some left in the nation right now, that, and that the overwhelming majority over the years had been Civil War veterans. Right, and there were two of them right in that meeting. One of them sang uh, the song "God Bless America." Uh, well, the by the the Greenwood song, what? Uh, God bless the USA. God bless the USA. And I tell you what, I don't think anybody was breathing there for about ten minutes. I guess so. Mm. How about that? Well, you had a nice treat last night, even though you don't know why you were there. No, I I, <laughs> I, I kept. I mean, did you <clears throat> did you intend to go? On on the way down there, I kept saying to the young man with me, uh, "I don't know what I've gotten into. I don't know. I don't remember." Signing up for this, and, and I never played baseball. And I got there, and I doctor didn't have a, a – gave me an award about as big as this table. And I thought, my Lord, where will I put this thing? And who, who will ever want that with just little little things that I've done over life on it? And I was I was real pleased and glad to see so many people. And I, I thought, out of all those coaches of high school, how many – Young lives have they influenced mm-hmm. in, in that room last night? That's right. Because I I can tell you that my formative years, and just like Gerald and everybody in here, can remember somebody in your high school years that influenced you greatly. And I've just uh, was thinking that the, these are f- the salt of the earth, the finest people, and I was just real tickled to be there. 
Well, that's wonderful. And got an award and everything. And Wilbur Shirley's barbecue sauce. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You gonna make you some? Uh, that was like a hog and slop. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna make you some uh, ribs tonight or something? Well, Rufus, I'm, or? I'm liable to do that. Yeah, smoke I'm, some ribs. Yeah, how about that? So, Gerald, what you been up to? You've been you've been working. You're you're a outside the, working man. I've been on the winter storm prep uh, detail. We've been salt brining for the last couple of days. Oh, okay. So we've got, they got a, you involved in that too. You got oh, involved yeah. in everything. Oh yeah. We've got a little, uh, well, ironically for us, the often the bigger deal on campus is not the streets so much as it is the walkways. Cause we still have, it's mm-hmm. a little less than 10,000 students that live on campus where they got to be able to get somewhere to eat food. No yeah, matter that's how true. bad yeah. the storm is. So getting the, we've got a little machine now where we can go down and do the walkways and put brine on them and it doesn't sling it all in the grass or plant material or something like that. So there's a lots of walkways on that campus. Absolutely. I, I can remember falling a few times uh, when I was at State. You know, Don't even mention it, my friend. Oh, yeah. We don't want to talk about falling. Rufus <laughs> is uh, just getting over over a uh, a major fall out in his yard, tripping over a log well, of a that. tree that fell on his fence that his neighbor was cutting down. Yeah. As I said last week. Sounds like a book in the making. No, no, no good Sounds like a lawsuit in the making to me. <laughs> and and, and they, the theory would be imposed on me of contributory negligence. <laughs> Under North Carolina law, if you've been the least bit contributory negligent, you may not recover. And I think I wasn't watching what I was doing. Yeah. I need to bring you a, a – Melissa had, uh, when, when she first started having hip problems before she had an operation, she, uh, I got her some ski poles, and she'd use one of them. I, I need to give, give you the other one, and, and you can walk in the yard more safely with that and also use it as an equalizer <laughs> in, case, in case you're, you're jumped. Oh, man. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try and think of that. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. You you didn't try to do anything to the plants, I assume, on campus. No, we've not done much to that. We're we're getting close to to cutting back time. In fact, uh, I may next week start cutting back some ornamental grasses and all. So we we'd like to try to get that done before we start back mulching, uh, which we uh, it's typically a February and March kind of deal getting mulch. So. Lots of the pruning and lots of the cutting back grass we do right before that. Mm. Don't have to be as particular about cleaning up the area around it if you're getting ready to put mulch right back on top of it. <laughs> there are so many gl- grasses out there now, too. I, we, we've got on Centennial Campus, we we must have the, the Hall of Fame of ornamental grasses. Mm. Uh, back out uh, around Hunt Library, there's just about everything that's made, seems like, under there. And we, we've got a lot of places where we've got a lot of the – not fountain grass, but ones that are close to that kind of size. I mean, where you almost uh, you you can't uh, hardly get a gas hedge trimmer through them to cut them back. First time I noticed that in mass was at the Museum of Art mm-hmm. out there. Yes. They've got a lot yeah, of that, yeah. and it looks really attractive. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, can, it originally it started out as kind of giving getting a prairie look. Uh, right. And now uh, a, a lot of people kind of p- 
put it in there along there with a with a native look as well mm-hmm. uh, to that. And, and in most cases, they are, you know, pretty hard to kill. <laughs> so the hardiness mm-hmm. factor is, is pretty high, and, it, and it, it's something different. It's like everything else. If you're not careful, you can you can overdo it. But uh, it's, it's getting real close to that time of the year, and, and probably when we come out of that, we'll be back cutting Loriope l- l- back, and we've got – Way more than I wish we had. <laughs> uh, yeah, liriope is something we always, a uh, lot of people have, and always, always, uh, you know, you either like it or you don't. But well, it serves a great purpose. It sure does. We we've just got we've just got too much. We've got too many, too large a beds, some places, and we have difficulty keeping the weeds out of it. So that's part of the reason for having it, where you can have something just kind of maintenance free. <clears throat> And unfortunately, because of the size of some of the beds we've got, we, we've got some that requires more maintenance than, than is ideal. And you got to cut it before the new growth starts. Yes, and, yes. You know, and who when knows I you know, when, used to, I would tell you all, oh, they don't even worry about it till <coughs> sometime in March. But, you know, we've had Not anymore. now into February, and March can be, un, you know, really warm. So mm-hmm. we, we usually – it's something we, we get done. Uh, we start on in, in mid to late January and usually are done by President's Day in February. Get that old uh, weed eater out. Uh, you, you, I, lawnmower. I, I view, we've got some places we use lawnmowers, battery-operated lawnmowers with, with bag catchers on them that we do it. H- has to be kind of level for it, and if you've done it regularly, sometimes if you get it too long, that can be a little – little too much you kind of have to do a couple of cut it can't cut it all at one time have to cut it a couple of times i've used uh hedge trimmers to cut it back before i've used weed eaters to mm-hmm. cut it back before i don't use... hedge trimmers but add on the back uh, uh, isn't it uh well not if you've got a longer one. Oh, okay. so i've got some longer ones now that uh, the the blade articulates so you can do the blade up at a 90 degree angle and stand up mm. and not have to bend over one Good bit at all <laughs> Ooh, fancy stuff. Yes, there. well, and battery. I'm glad and NC battery, State provides well. Battery operated on top of that. Oh, good heavens! A lot of rechargeable. A lot of people are are buying rechargeable lawnmowers, and we've made a really big push. We started probably three years ago, but in the last twelve months, we've made we've got some buildings on Centennial Campus now that. Everything we use to maintain the landscape is battery operated from the lawnmowers right on up. Mm. Uh, blowers, string trimmers, hedge trimmers, edgers, er- everything. So you must operated. have a lot of things plugged in somewhere. We've got a room that is nothing but battery chargers and, and batteries oh. in it. Uh, it kind of looks like when I go walk down the hallway here, uh, WPTF, and you look in some of the rooms and just all this. You wiring know, yeah the master stuff, control and all that there. kind of stuff it uh-huh. looks a little bit like that. oh wow yeah i can understand that well it it's so convenient though i i use i have a blower and a and a hedge trimmer and a, a weed eater that are all rechargeable yeah and these we are using uh com- and people need to look too. the the box stores carry uh i would say now that that there's most of the stuff is available at probably Lowe's or Home Depot, but you need to look at your independent people because what we use is a commercial version mm-hmm. of them. It's got right. a bigger battery. 
yeah. more, more power, mm-hmm. last longer, are a little more expensive, <clears throat> but they are designed for using every day, not homeowner use once a week, every week or two. Uh, we, we have steel stuff and Greenworks is, is a company that we have a lot of. By the way, Gerald, is uh, Mondo grass akin to Lyropi? Somehow or another, they've got to be kin because lots of people often mistake n- not the dwarf Mondo, but the Mondo that gets a little bit taller. Right. There's a lot of people, is it Mondo grass? Is it monkey grass? Is it Spicata Lyropi? There is a lot of similarity in how they look. Uh, the, the Mondo grass is a slower spreader. Though you, I, we had uh, when I was working for Phil at Campbell Road, we had two different customers there that slowly changed their backyards over to Dwarf Mondo uh, over time because they were very shady. They were tired of messing. It with, looks great with, with fescue, to do that. but it's a you know you, you plant a plug of Mondo to size of your fist. It takes some time for it to ever double in size. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spicata Lorapi, Lord, it'll run all over. You know, it shoots a rhizome underground, and, and you about like Bermuda the way the way it'll spread very quickly and colonize an area. The the mondo is much slower and, and much easier to maintain and keep where you want to keep it at compared compared to the Spicata Lorapi. Yeah, I, I use it to have a flagstone patio under. <clears throat> the uh, great myrtle trees, and it, it is great for in-between rocks, the mondo grass. Yeah, and it can take traffic, too. I mean, that's why these people change it. You can walk on it, do you? I mean, you can't hardly hurt it. Yeah. Let's uh, talk to Ken. Ken, good morning. Hey, I was going to talk about some four-corner navs. Well, ah. you know, I, that, I think that discussion's been been covered pretty well. When I walked out, they were talking about NECOTs, and uh, I don't I, I don't know what does. Uh, it was some new entry. Uh, would you like to refresh us on that, Gerald? What's the new well, entry? forever, you know, you only got a NECOT, and it's peanut butter in it. And a lot of people liked it as good or better than a NAB, but now they've got all ones that have lemming filling in it and chocolate filling in it. So the NECOT has... <laughs> Evolved, I guess is the best way to say. And uh, I recognize the gentleman from Watauga County. Well, the gentleman <laughs> from Watauga County is going to always stick with the good old cheese cracker, uh, Lance cheese cracker with peanut butter in it. But <laughs> my favorite Nikot, uh, not Nikot, but Captain's Wafers, which is different from the other cheese cracker, is sour cream and chives. And then, then Gerald and I were talking about another one they've got. It's called uh, grilled cheese. Now you talk about. I haven't noticed any of those. Uh, it, it is just amazing. And uh, do you have anything to offer? <laughs> no. Okay. I, I don't think Ann's a nab eater. I hate to say that. And Lance nabs. Lance don't nabs. talk about the other yeah. imposters. Yeah. No, don't, don't even do that. That kid. Bisco hadn't made them in a long time. <clears throat> Ken, uh, what? How do you come down on the nab situation? I think the four-corner nabs with the peanut butter is what I grew up with. Me too. Uh, we sometimes would get the malted, the round one. Yep. But those were the two classics probably from the 60s is what I'm thinking about. I couldn't warm up to the round ones. I'm sorry. There were some that had uh, there were a yellow, uh, had cheese inside, and nip, they were yellow. Yeah, the cheese. nip cheese. Yeah. I, I enjoyed those. But, you know, they've gotten too sweet. They've gotten sweeter. Everything's gotten sweeter. <laughs> well, the truth, I, I think people are wondering – 
when the show started where Mike was, he was down at the machine down the hall trying to find some nabs because y'all made him hungry. <laughs> and, and that must be what he was he was beating on the machine trying no to actually the show started before i knew it had started I, <laughs> I was just walking in with my headphones from my office and i i uh <laughs> so gerald and i thought jason, we were on <clears throat> jason I, I you 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 got me that time <laughs> gerald and i thought we were on the air well we were <laughs> well you know you just you just never know you just well never hey know. look uh now you've probably talked about last week and probably it's too late but um with the cold and the buds, uh, how cold should it be before we worry and what things should we, what can we do something about and what can we just not even do anything about with some of these um, uh, uh, plants that are, are budding out around the house or outside? Well, ironically, the storm we're going to have tomorrow is a good thing. So if they get a coating of ice on them, that actually <laughs> insulate and helps them. Of course, obviously, would ornamental trees you may worry about that could also cause a limb or something to break which wouldn't be good uh but this point in time not a whole lot i mean usually take a camellia for instance if the bud hadn't opened yet it doesn't really matter how cold it's going to get it's okay well the problem is if the flowers completely open and then it gets cold enough it can kind of brown it up or make it you know not last as long as it normally would would have and there's really not anything you can do uh, about that i mean something small you might could cover it up with burlap and all that but if it's going to get way down into 20s you just can't you can't keep it warm enough yeah and i guess you've got uh prunus mume or blooming apricot blooming now i, I imagine a lot of things bloom imagine you've got some yeah. uh quince Hydrangeas? Oh my gosh! You got a hydrangea. have started the buds. I got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The bud. Yeah, they are budding, but I don't. I, they're all closed up. I wouldn't think, uh, yeah, Gerald, that that's that's any problem. And, and it's rare that they get any problem. Occasionally, okay. You, you may the one on the very tip might get burnt back a little bit. It'll turn around and re rebud back out. It, it might delay things. Oh, you know, a few weeks from what normally would have been. But it, it, for an hydrangea, it's not going to be it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, we start getting into to April, March, April, somewhere in there. And it's when that, we have that late one, and yeah, and, that's and when April we have, have, have a freeze. Is when you know, really things are just much farther along. But it, it's rare for it to really be an issue in January and February. Okay, well, I have one by the driveway that gets morning sun, and I know that sometimes I've heard that the, you know when they get cold and they get the heat sooner, it, it, it's worse. But my, my wife was out of town, and she said, uh, oh, I forgot to cut the flowers off. This was last winter or fall. Sometimes she said, uh, you know, will you cut the, cut them off so they'll bud out like they're supposed to? I don't remember what month it was. And I just started counting. And I got to 54 on this little bush, and I, and then uh, and then I let, realized later I'd missed a couple. But uh, that's what I'm worried about because that is the the most beautiful thing by the driveway is to have all those buds concentrated on the hydrangea. Yeah. So I was worried about my hydrangea. Ken, yeah. thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Right. More of the weekend gardener coming up here on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF weekend gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. And Gerald Adams is with us today. We're so glad. Um, and we've got uh, Sam and, and Dave. Sam and Dave. I just noticed that. We got Sam and Dave on the on the line here. I, I, I'm honored. 
Okay. Uh, let's start with Sam. Sam has the Poana problem. Hey, Sam. Well, hey, good morning, guys. Great, <laughs> great start to the show this morning. Yeah. The nabs. The, uh, the peanut butter cracker is my favorite. Oh, I see. They're coming out of the woodwork here. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well. Yeah. So, anyway, so uh, Poa Annual in my, I've got a Zoysia yard. It's all dormant right now, but I've just got lots of clumps of Poa back there. It looks real nice, but I want to get rid of it. And it just keeps coming back. Any thoughts? You can spray it with uh, Roundup. If it's a roundup. You got to use when it's still pretty warm, though. And like if, above 60, 65 degrees. If you can catch a day above fifty, with it's going to be uh, uh, fifty-five or six, and preferably not going to swing so great of temperature yeah. degree drop, like not going to get back down to twenty-five or yeah. thirty-one, but you know maybe where it's only going to drop ten or twelve <laughs> degrees, uh, okay. you can still do that, and and you should be able to find some of those days over the next 30 because we finally now really had some cold weather. I mean, at Christmas, mm-hmm. you probably still had some green. <laughs> oh, my in, gosh. In no, I don't have any green in my zoysia. It's, 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 it's all nice and Yeah, I know, I know now you don't, but it was a lot later this year finally going mm-hmm. completely dormant because we had so much warm weather there along Christmas and New Year's. Uh, but, uh-huh. yeah, you can particularly spot spray it. There, there are some herbicides that you can yeah. can spray on it to kill it as well that uh, won't hurt the zoysia. They get some mm-hmm. of those are pretty pricey. Uh, so two four D ones do those do those work? I I don't know that two four D works that as good uh, on it. I don't think it does. Uh, I I think if you wait and catch the right weather day, that the generic okay. uh, uh, roundup, roundup will be uh, a cheap, much cheaper way. To do it, and you should be able to get pretty pretty good results. Well, right I tell you that uh, that poana is really green there, Sam. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if I had a whole lawn like that, it'd be okay. It's very striking. <laughs> How about that? It is. Well, what what okay, what, what does Sam do about the other when he's using the Roundup? How does he protect his other turf? Well, the, it should be dormant now. So if yeah, you, if your zoysia Bermuda is completely dormant. You're not going to hurt anything. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, spray yeah. it, spray yeah. it over with it. You obviously couldn't do that. Really, maybe January and February about the only two times of the year that that's that's mm-hmm. that's a possibility. So my my Bermuda has not all gone to sleep. It's I still have a lot of green in it. Right. So but I don't have I'm in the backyard zoysia. Front yard is Bermuda. So, but uh, the, the Bermuda's fine. It doesn't have any weeds. The zoysia's got just a ton of poana in it. So, okay. I'll, I'll wait for a warm day and hit it with a roundup. Then, well, make sure make sure that zoysia is happy. It, you know, it, should it should it crowd out at some point? Uh, the heat will get it uh, eventually. The po- right. po- yeah, it, it can't. Yeah. It, it won't make it through the hot summer. Yeah. summer weather. seems like it always comes back. though. that's the issue. It seems like it's a gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the problem is too, if the, the longer you leave it, then it seeds out. And I mean, keeping it cut low. I mean, getting out to cut it down and not let it seed out is is something else. Yeah. But that's kind of problematic too. <laughs> uh, ha- right, having exactly. having to do that pre-emergence. Uh, you you can pre-emerge. Is something you've got to do in the fall. Uh, obviously, if if anybody was overseeding their Bermuda yeah. uh, or some people even do zoysia with annual rye, you couldn't pre-emerge because yeah. it would keep the rye right. from, from coming up. So, in, yeah, so. germinating. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate it, gentlemen and so, lady. Sam, uh, what what was uh, your favorite type of nab again? 
it's the traditional peanut butter. Traditional, okay. Yeah. Right now, yeah, mine too. Mine too. In South Texas, we didn't have that. We had Tom's crackers. Yeah, we had some. We had some Tom's stuff around here too. Uh, I haven't seen it for a while. Uh, but we we like the the Lance. Well, I do. I look. I've, I've been here for forty plus years, so uh, nabs are the way. I like the Lance crackers, and uh, yeah, which is a problem, right? Yeah, I like them too much. <laughs> well, you know, you can buy a 40, 40 uh, pack uh, deal at Costco. Uh, I've given that to Rufus. I think he he overdosed, but <laughs> well, I, I believe in a nab a day, a Dr Pepper nab a day, and now my wife won't like this, but a cigar. Yeah, now, I'm 80 years old, and people say, "How how with your lifestyle have you lived that long?" That's one reason we uh, got in here late was because uh, Rufus. We were waiting for Rufus to finish his cigar. You know, that's a problem when you smoke c- expensive cigars. You don't want to let them go. Well, that's the curse of smoking. It holds up the whole show. Right? That's right. Yeah. Well, we won't let that happen again. Well, Very good. Thanks a lot for your help. Appreciate it. Enjoy your show. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Hey, let's go to Dave now. Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, and before you ask, I like the peanut butter ones with the square edges. The orange, bright orange. The, the traditional. Traditional, Lance. Traditional, yeah. The uh, the cheese isn't as good for me because it seems kind of slimy at times, especially if it sits in a hot. Oh, well, we don't want to get Sam <laughs> slimy nabs. <laughs> so... But you guys were uh, actually setting up my uh, question a little while ago. So I've got one of the long cordless uh, hedge trimmers, and I've been dealing with my holly trees and my boxwoods. And so my question is, the trimmings that come off of that, my wife doesn't like me raking them up and putting them in a pile anymore because she doesn't like looking at the piles. So um, (laughs) with these things being kind of waxy, are the... Is it a problem if I just run the mower over and mulch it up? And you know, is it a problem with to the fescue? Not if it'll save your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to be said for that. Uh, no. So are you are you saying you want to mow mow them up, and that may blow some of the debris out into your lawn? It it will entirely when I cut them because they're right along the edge of the lawn. Right, they uh, fall or, out over uh, fall out over the grass. Yeah, exactly. Would she? Would she? Uh, what about if you bag them up and put them at the street and let the city pick them up? Well, I'm not in city of Raleigh proper. I'm out in the Barton's Creek area, so we don't have any of that. Well, then that pre- presents itself as an issue. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you, you would really know, need to do it really fine. Uh, and there's always the possibility of even this, the diameter and size of the stems, because that woody stem takes some time to decompose. And I don't know that you do you run barefoot through the lawn, or if your <laughs> wife does that, uh, you that might would be a problem stepping on some. Even a little small stem can be, you know. Do you have fescue or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, fescue, and, yeah. and no, I don't have a uh, '60s lifestyle running around. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I think if you if you really can cut them up, at what would be? Well, you get back to the same issue though. If if you cut them up and bag them, you know, if if you did that, you would you could spread it out finer back in your mulch bed. Uh, around oh, kind of disguise it around your shrubs. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I I know people that have done that before, but had a bagger on them more, 
then they'd go back <clears throat> and dump it around wherever the stuff they cut and just kind of loosely spread it out, and it kind of served the same purpose as do putting... The, do the waxier leaves decompose slower, or once the, you at least slice them a little bit, do they you know, kind of go on the, like everybody else? The smaller the pieces get, the quicker they will decompose. The wax does slow it down some, but once it turns brown, it, it, the thickness of the leaf has a little more to do with the, how long it takes more so than it being a waxy leaf, but the smaller the pieces you cut them up in, the quicker they're going to break down. Well, Dave, I, if I if something's in my lawn, I'm going to mow it, chop it up. Yeah. What What it, do you have for mulch around the what what you're cutting back? Um, the the uh, the areas where I'm doing my trimming is uh, you know regular brown bag mulch. Mm-hmm. Because um, I have this is more pine straw. I have before went right into the areas where I cut them down, run a push more over and chewed them all up, and then put a fresh coat of mulch on top of them and never raked anything. Hmm. I have I have done that before. That sounds good as well. Yeah, and, I mean, it, and you, whether you're using triple shredded or uh, one of the dyed mulches or even pine straw, that's pretty easy to do because that way there's less work for Gerald, and I'm always a fan of that. Yeah. Right. Um, hey, can I ask you one quick one of my uh, favorite Carolina cherry laurel questions? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm um, coming up to a year and a half, two years since I put them in, and you guys helped me through the first deer issues I had with those. And they're, they're, they're coming in nice. They're growing erratically, meaning that, you know, I've got six of them in there. Some are taller than the other ones. Some of them are a little stringier. And a lot of that's probably sunlight. But um, is there a way to thicken them up? Meaning, you know, like if you cut a boxwood, you uh, someplace two shoots grow off where you mm-hmm. cut it, and they, they get thicker that way. Lightly prune right. them, or just nip. If if its height is an issue, just lightly nip out uh, the tips of them on the ones that are too tall. Uh, oh, I that, want them to go. I yeah. want them as tall as possible, and and you know, kind of bulk out because I'm going to use them more as a as a screen but but by the same token if they're not i'm assuming you want them to grow together and if that's the issue I, and, and i'm only talking about taking you know maybe you take six inches how tall are okay. they now um they vary from five and five or six feet to probably close to eight at this point yeah in any on the areas where if it's growing together is the issue if you just nip a little bit off them they, it'll force the the limbs they'll do lateral branching, and as those come out, it will thicken it up uh, for you. And sometimes you don't want the one tip growth can get kind of wispy if it just grows out too much straight up on the top on its own, and just knocking a little bit off it, whether it may be even four, five, or six inches. Uh, sometimes I've taken a foot off of them can cause a lot more lateral branching, and it keeps it thicker as it keeps growing up and getting taller. They grow like a weed. You, I mean, you put some slow-release fertilizer on them as the season breaks, probably sometime in March. Uh, it, it's a really fast-growing plant. Great. Dave, Thanks. just remember that marriage is one big negotiation. <laughs> yeah, I need a lawyer. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, uh, we my, just my hourly rate is pretty <laughs> stiff, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it may cost you. But uh, we can work something out. Thank you very much for calling. Yeah. Thank you for calling, Dave. See you. Bye. 
All right, uh, nine nine one nine. He's got tired of those piles of uh, debris, huh? Got the piles, huh? David uh, is uh, in Raleigh, and we'll talk to him coming up here on WPTF. It's eight forty nine. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Oh, this could be the last day, though. <laughs> what was your uh, your daughter said? Tighten up. Yep, she sent me a text. Yeah, if y'all going to start up. the show, you need to you need to have some have an agenda. Well, I, I need to have some advance notice so I can <laughs> prepare a little something. <laughs> Well, listen, because I'm I'm walking around in the hall, it doesn't uh, preclude you from coming up with something witty. Well, we did. We, we did. talked about Lance Adams. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> David is with us. David, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning, guys. How can we uh, help you? My daughter uh, bought a place down in Johnson County recently, and a friend of hers gave her a rose uh, called Earth Angel. I think it's like a shrub rose, not a hybrid tea, but... With this ice and all coming in tomorrow, I'm kind of wondering how she could help winterize that rose to survive real good. It is in the ground right now. Uh, w- when was it planted? Oh, I'd say uh, November. Uh, the, the best thing to do is to mulch around it very heavily and keep the root system. Uh, I mean, it's not going to, it shouldn't for Johnson County get cold enough to really do damage to those canes. Uh, on it, so it's keeping those roots warm until it gets more established, you know, two, three years old. Uh, at, the only thing is, uh, I mean, I sometimes put a foot of mulch around a newly planted one like that. You do want to remember, though, when warm weather rolls in late March, early April, to go back and spread that mulch out so it's not too thick. Okay. Is there anything special she needs to do this winter, getting ready for next uh, season, like trimming, pruning, or anything? Or has it, I mean, it hasn't. Yeah. When she bought it, had it not been pruned? Or well, she didn't buy it. A friend of her gave it to her. Oh, okay. It, so it depends. I, off the top of my head, I'm not familiar with that particular rose. Uh, most of the time, how, how physically big was the plant when she? I mean, how many feet tall? How many feet wide? Oh, I'd say a foot wide and a couple of maybe three foot tall. Uh, yeah, generally speaking, if it was just planted in November, I might wouldn't cut it back. I might would just wait, and when it started to green back up, put uh, fertilize it really good, and then wait to next year. Typically, January is you know, early February is when I do cut them back, and that give it, and it, give it a chance to grow in a little bit. Yes, yeah, it, let it get the roots developed a, a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, for it, uh, you can always throughout the course of the summer or particularly early fall shape it just a little bit. If you got a couple of canes that are growing too tall or too wide, that's kind of gotten away from the plant. At any time, you can nip those back. But but I think that I, I'm a bigger fan of letting it get more established before. And and you really need to. There's all kinds of ways to cut them back. A lot of people just cut half of it back every year. To me, I, I stopped on the way into the show this morning at a Bojangles that had some knockouts that had been there a while. The person cut them back to about 
18, 24 inches tall, but didn't clean up all the little bitty limbs on it. So it's still, they cut all the big canes back and everything that was more than 18 inches high, but it still had all these little bitty tiny canes growing off of it. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't they go to the trouble of clearing all We got a little less in a minute. Yeah. Well, Dave, when, when I've had sometimes weather sneak up on me, I've gone out and cut them back to about six inches and put a five-gallon bucket over it if you don't have any mulch huh? to protect from very heavy cold weather. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. David, thank you very much. I hope you have a happy new year. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, more of the Weekend Gardener coming up, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. What was the-